Thanks for choosing to listen to another City Point West podcast. I trust that this message empowers and encourages you to continue your journey of faith. Enjoy. Beautiful. Please be seated. Thank you so much. Thank you, Tim. I said to Wendy, that's, uh, thanks for the pressure. I always say to people, you know, the fact this is actually my 49th year. And uh, all that proves is I'm not dead yet. Uh, so there you go. Great to be here with two, uh, you know, legends is a word that gets tossed around so easily in our world now. Uh, you know, if you've got a minor bit of fame, you're a legend. But the reality is Pastor David McDonald and Pastor David Schaefer are two legends of our movement. And not just of our movement, but they are legends of the, the church in Australia. And uh, it's just a real privilege to be here with both of you. I said to Pastor David, he spoke at our Easter convention last year and is coming back to our Easter convention this year. And uh, I, I prophesied to him, I said, you think you've hit the finish line, but God has decided to move it further. And uh, I believe that about him and Pastor David, uh, that the finish line is not now. And you know, the Bible says the glory of the latter house is greater than that of the former. So it's not like he's extending and going, I'll give you a bit more. He's really saying, I'm going to do more in your latter years than I did in all the ones before. So you should get ready to write better books and bigger books about more miracles and more exciting things you've seen. Amen. So great to be here with you. Uh, I drove past Biota Street and I have no idea why I remember it apart from the fact my grandma and granddad had a poultry farm about a kilometre and a half down the road and I'm pretty sure that Biota Street was the shopping centre that my granddad used to ride his bicycle to. He never owned a car in his entire life nor had to drive his licence. And so I kind of feel like I come back to Inala and I feel I've come back to my roots. I spent on Saturday, was it Saturday? No, on Friday, we had a gathering at the park in Sunnybank named for my family, Woodward Family Park. That's it, look it up. It's there and we kind of gathered in this park, a few of the family and, uh, you know, I saw a couple of people jog through and I wanted to stop them and say there's a toll for going through my park. Uh, but I didn't. I just let them go uh, because I'm full of grace. All right. Let's get into the Word together. Father, we thank you in that mighty name of Jesus that Dr. Deb spoke about. We thank you for miracles. We thank you for salvation. We thank you for the power of your Word to our life. Energize us, set us on fire, even the coldest of the cold. Light us up, we pray, in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord said to Abraham, Get out of your country from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I'll make you a great nation. I'll bless you, make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Abram is a 75-year-old successful businessman with a 65-year-old wife, but he's got no children. And God speaks to this man, 75, already successful. Now, I counted it up. 
and it's only 70 words. I don't know what it will take for God to move you from where you are. I don't know how many words God has to speak to get you and I to say yes to His will for our life. But for this man who's already achieved much, 70 words is enough. Hebrews 11 verse 8 says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. Here comes the important part. It says, And he went out not knowing where he was going. He had no idea how long it would take. He didn't know how far it would be. But 70 words, listen to me this morning, 70 words was enough to get this man to shift from where he was and go to this place. By faith he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country. It didn't look like, listen to me, it didn't look like it was his. It looked like a foreign land. You and I can look at the nation of Australia today and see godliness in short supply in many areas. We can see our world topsy-turvy. We can see domestic violence rates going through the roof. Mental health conditions abounding. An Ambo driver in my church said, Jeff, I'm getting mental health call-outs to eight-year-olds. What's the matter with our country? But Abram went out. What looked like a foreign country was actually his. Can I say to you today that the nation of Australia that looks like a foreign country to the gospel, that looks like a foreign country to the power of God, is actually the very place where God will pour out His Spirit in Jesus' name. It says He dwelt in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with Him of the same promise, because He waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. See, God told him, I'm going to give you a city, but he lived in a tent. In other words, what he was in right now was not where he was going to be, was not what it was going to look like. I don't know what your family looks like right now or your life looks like right now. I don't know what your circumstances are, but can I tell you, if you are dwelling in a tent, a flimsy thing that just keeps the weather at bay, God says, I've got a city for you. I've got something of substance for you. I've got something that is far, far greater if only you will get a hold of that. Seventy words is enough spoken by God. He doesn't get a manual. He doesn't get 17 angels and 55 confirmations, all the signs that we might want to have. Seventy words spoken by God is enough for this man to leave his home, his extended family, everything that's familiar, the certainty of his daily life, everything that he's known, and just go from where he was. Here's what I know. You don't have to know before you can go. You don't have to know before you can go. I meet people who say to me, Jeff, I, I'd love to serve in kids' ministry, but I don't know enough. Jeff, I feel called by God to serve him in business, but I don't know where to start. Jeff, I, Jeff, I love, I, I feel a, a touch of the Holy Spirit in my life, but, but Jeff, I feel so inadequate. But you know, I believe that inadequacy is common to the called. I believe if you are called, feelings of inadequacy. I don't know about David and David, David squared. 
I'm not sure about those guys, but I have never done anything for God where I felt adequate. All my life, I felt like I was not enough. I wasn't good enough. I still did. I don't feel good enough. I don't feel strong enough. I don't feel smart enough. I was thinking just yesterday that, you know, revelation comes to the people who know what they know, but also know that there's so much they don't know. It's not about do I know enough. It's about am I willing to go before I know, before I find out. We are living in the most information-soaked society on the planet. You don't need me to tell you that. But God is not Google. God is not going to be your YouTube. God is not going to be, pull it out and say, God, before I go, let me look it up. God, before I go, let me get a hold of maps and find the path. Let me choose, even maps will let you do it. Let me choose the optional route I want to take. God, valley of the shadow of death, forget it, I'm not going there. God, I'm going to go from mountaintop to mountaintop. And He says to you, God's not Google. That's not the way this thing works. You and I don't need to know before we can go. Here's the second thing. He proves His faithfulness after we obey. See, many people, many people want God to prove He'll look after them before they go. I've heard young leaders say, you know, I want to serve God, but I'd like a church already established with its own building. I want a salary. And when I hear that, I pray that they won't go. The Bible says three times, the just shall live by faith. I tell our folks back home, you will either live by faith by choice or you'll live by faith because He makes you. And I would rather choose to live by faith in advance. God, I'll go wherever you say to go. I'll do whatever you say to do. And many people say, I'll give after He blesses. I've had so many people, I watch people line up for the $150 million, was it, last night? Lotto jackpot. Now, I've got to be I've never bought a lotto ticket my entire life. I've never bought a raffle ticket my entire life. Just stop. Just don't. But I want to tell you, if you bought one and you win, I'm just going to say thank you, Jesus. Because I've had so many people over the years say, Pastor, I, when I win lotto, I'm going to give this much to the church. Whenever they say that to me, I say two things. I say, I'm praying you win. But tell me what you're doing now. Tell me what your giving looks like now. Tell me what you're doing with what you have right now. See, a lot of people want to get proof before they go, but Abraham had no proof. All he's got 70 words until he obeys. And then after that, if you read the story, over and over again, God proves his faithfulness. See, the key to this is Abraham didn't say, God, yes, I'll go. A bit later. God, look, I'm just busy right now trying to get a son. She's 65. And even though she looks absolutely drop-dead gorgeous, so much so that foreign kings want to grab her for their own, even though she's that good, God, you just got to understand, when I get a son, I'll be ready to go. Do you know this? The thing that he wanted most in life was on the, was, was on the other side of his obedience. 
Come on, I don't know what it is. You, you saying, God, I want to be successful. God, when I get established, when my kids have grown up, God, when I get to the point where, you know, all my problems have disappeared and I've got over that mental health issue, I've got over that problem, I've got my family all together worshiping with me, with me in church. God, when I get to that, God, I'll go then. But Abram didn't. He said, God, even though this is the one thing I want, I'll go no matter what. And 25 years after that, he gets the thing he's wanted all of his life. Number three, last one. Leadership comes to those who are willing to be led. Come on, if, if you're waiting for a, a key for your life, that's it right there. In Genesis chapter 14, this man who's never soared the heights of leadership, he's not the smartest, the best, the greatest, but he's willing to obey. In Genesis 14, this man has had a quiet life at home, is now leading the battle against not one, not two, not three, but four kings. And more incredibly than that, he wins the battle. And when he wins the battle, Melchizedek, king of Salem, comes and bows before him and thanks him. Now, if I ask you today, how many of you would like to be wealthy? You'd like more than what you have. Well, I would hope everybody would do that. Because I don't know about you, but the greatest joy, I think, in life is not what you receive, it's what goes through you. Amen. It's, it's, I don't want to be a dam. I don't want to be a pond. I don't want to be a reservoir. I don't want to be a pipe. And I'd like the pipe preferably to be as big as possible. Amen. I'd like more to go through me than ever come to me. Pastor Tim spoke earlier on about our giving, about what you sow. But the thing that is on the other end of what he said is when his father sowed corn, he never got back one corn for every corn he sowed. He got back a stalk with many heads of corn on it. Why? Because whatever you sow, God says, I've got more than that for you. And if you want to be a leader in finance, if you want to have more than enough, well, here's my question for you. Can you be led in it? Because leadership belongs to those who are willing to be led. If I want God to give me more, I've got to say to God, you can lead me in the little that I have. Little. I only have a little. I remember to this day where I was. I grew up in a family of seven kids. There was never too much. There was enough. Thank God. I don't think we were really poor. We just felt like we were. We didn't realize how rich we were because my father drove old cars that now if I'd kept them, would be worth a fortune. Our furniture was really old. If only we'd kept it, we would have been rich. Uh, they sold where the Woodward family park is. They sold 11 and a half acres of land for $33,000. My dad's share of it was three grand because he was one of nine or something. You know, but think about it for a minute. If you want to be led, if, you're, if you want more, you've got to be willing to be led. And I remember where I was when God spoke to me after all the years of not having enough. And so you're always trying to maneuver. You want to go out with someone rich so they'll follow. I stopped at Aspley on the way to Mount Tachikori with Pastor Craig Anderson. We were both on youth staff at the time. And I called into a shop, and instead of just paying for my own, I turned to Craig, 
and I said, what would you like to drink? Let me shout you. I think at that time, it's a long while ago, whatever a can of drink costs now, I don't know, it was probably 50 cents maybe. And you might say that's pathetic, but see, I wanted God to let me become more, so I had to be willing to be led in the little. And so I bought, that was the turning point of my life. Since then, I don't know how many stacks have come through my wife Rhonda and, and my life. I just know that there is a river of God. And if you are willing to be led, that's, that's why when you see that word up there, tithe. Now, Pastor Tim hasn't paid me to say this. He hasn't paid me for anything, but uh, it's not the way it works. But when you see the word tithe up there, preachers say a tithe is a tenth. I go, that's not true. It's not a tenth, it's the first tenth. Because why does it matter about the first tenth? Because the first tenth says to God, I'm willing to let you lead me. I'm going to trust you with this. huh? I'm going to trust you. If you're giving God the tenth tenth, you aren't tithing. You're just giving God what's left after you've got everything you want. Amen. Now see, that always just makes the crowd go quiet. huh? But let God lead you in it. How many people here in this place want to be an influencer? No, not social media. We were in, in a shop in Carondale two days ago, and I'm trying on a shirt, and Rhonda's talking to the young sales guy, and the young sales guy says, why are you here? She says, well, my husband came to do a wedding here yesterday, which ended up not coming off, but that's another story. And he says, is your husband a minister? She said, yes, he is. I come out. He says, tell me about your church. He's about 19, this guy. Tell me about your church. He said, what's it like? He told me what his was like. He said, it's full of old people and it's boring. That's what he said. And he was asking me what format our church was. I said, oh, it's not like that. I said, our church is a place for people who want to encounter God. And he said, this is what he said. He said, I'd like that. How random is that? How random out of all the people that walk into the shop. He has a conversation. We tell him about our online services and, and stuff. And he says, can you tell me how to find it? And we told him, Rhonda wrote it on one of our yes text uh, things we have and wrote it down. This young man said, I will look at that. I'm going to look it up. I arranged for my son-in-law who's on City Point staff. I said, Matt, I want you to go down. This is the guy's name. Go down there and say, my father-in-law talked to you. Can I say to you, do you want to be an influencer? Come on, how many people would like to change Anala? How many people would like to change West Brisbane? How many people would like to change Australia? How many people would like to see God move by His mighty Holy Spirit? That'll be every single one of us. But if you want to do that, you've got to be willing to be led. Who can say no to you? Amen. Can you be led? Or are you a snooty Christian? One of those Christians, if something offends you. When other people say to me, you know, I came to your church and I got offended. I would say, what, only once? <laughs> only once? Some people's hold onto their destiny is like spider web. It's that thick. Walk through it 
and it's gone. Come on, don't don't say, I'm going to try this church out. Oh, you'll never succeed. Come on, if you want if you want God to lead you and give you leadership in your life, you've got to be willing to be led. Amen. Well, I'm not going to let anyone tell. That's what I say to Siri. Siri tried to get me to come a certain way this morning, and I just ignored Siri. I'm an Australian. No one tells me what to do. She was going to have me going through Mount Gavat, Holland Park, Annerley. I'm sitting there, Ron says, why don't you turn it off and restart it when you get close? I said, because I'm going to let her discover. <laughs> Who's the boss? Amen. Come on, how many, how many men? How many men here? Come on. How many men? Come on, how many men? Because it's always the men. Amen. When we traveled full time as evangelists around Eastern Australia, I used to go, I bet I can make the next town before I need to fill up petrol. Ron would say, why do you do that? I go, because it's fun. But see, I, I know it's a bit of kind of amusing, but there's a great point here. Come on, are you ready to submit to somebody else? Not, not in some cultish kind of way, in a real way. If you want to have influence in your community, which is every Christian, can you be led? Listen to me. Abraham was in a good place, but God had a better place. The thing he wanted most in life was not, at, listen, was not at home. The, listen, the thing he wanted most was not in the place of comfort, in the place of familiarity. It wasn't in the place of security. It wasn't in the place of certainty. I believe that certainty is about the most overrated thing, certainly in the life of a Christian. Am I certain? Oh, I'm certain of only one thing, that Jesus is Lord. That's all I'm certain of. Now, I'm not certain of every other thing. We said yes to go up into the Kimberley, which has eight times the uh, male suicide rate of males 15 through to 30. It's eight times the national average. Notifiable diseases are eight times the national average. I told my board, we're going to the Kimberley with red fog. And I said, I'm not taking a cent out of the budget, which was a very brave statement when I thought somebody was going to fund it. And when the somebody said no, there, what do you do then? Well, I'll tell you what you do. And Abraham went out and obeyed. Abraham went out and obeyed. Abraham went out and obeyed, looking for the city. And so we kept on going. I kept my promise to the board. We never took up an offering. We never received. We never told people anything. The next week, someone walks in the door and says, I want to give $10,000 to the Kimberley. I don't even know who it was. Are you, uh, come on, are you willing to step out of where you are. Come on, come on. I'm not, I'm not saying you've got to become a pastor. God knows we don't need a church full of pastors. But we do need a church full of disciples. And we do need a church full of followers of Jesus. We do need a church of people whose default is, yes, I will go. Lord, I don't need 18 angels. I don't need a whole bunch of signs. I don't need a prophecy from the pulpit. If I feel a prompting, if it's so small I could barely make out it's you, but God, if it is you, 
I'll go and taste at you. I'd rather step out and fall on my face than stay at home saying, well, God, I would have gone. God, I would have gone. God, I would have gone. God, I would have spoken to that person. What if you're wrong? Well, that won't kill you. That won't kill you. Abraham was in a good place, but God had a better place. Don't wait until you know before you go. Prove God's faithfulness from the place of trust and let Him lead you so that you can become the leader that your world needs. Amen. Father, we thank You for this morning. Oh, Holy Spirit, You are not a word to us. You're not a line in a song. Holy Spirit, you're not, you're not a part of our theology. You are our very present comforter. You are our strength right now. You are the bearer of miracles to us in Jesus' name. You are the power of God in our life and for our life. You are the one who leads us and guides us. Father, I pray for the people in this church that have been feeling your prompting, but God, understandably, they go, oh, God, I'm just not sure it's you, but Lord, would you help them today? Would you let them know if it's just 70 words that they can say yes before they know what it looks like on the other side? God, can you help us? Lord, whether it's in our giving or whether it's in our serving, whether it's in the creative team, we go, but I don't know enough. Oh, God, help us. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Help us, Lord. Oh, His name is high. His name is Jesus. Amen. You know, I felt this morning that, and there is here in this church, an anointing of God for miracles. And I, I'm, I know my time's gone already, but I so I'm not going to bring you all out, but I'm going to do what the Lord spoke to me when I was in Brisbane long, many years ago. He said, I'm going to teach you how to be a rancher. And I remember that time going, well, what do you mean? I was used to, I had to lay hands on everyone, so I'm going to teach you how to do it so that it can happen with a lot of people at the same time. So I want this morning, this is what I'm going to, let me explain to you. If you need a miracle in your body or in your family or in your finance or in anything, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand where you are. And then I'm going to ask people around about you to go, I've got faith. I can believe for that person. I can pray and and ask Jesus to bring a, a, a something to them. Then I'm going to ask those people just to give us take just one minute, and that's all, if you need it today. Because I believe God can give you. You know, uh, when I was in Toowoomba, Pastor Ken was talking about the front page of the Toowoomba Chronicle. I did a tent crusade there 40 years ago. Had to be. They put on the front page of the newspaper a lady who got out of a wheelchair and walked. She was that well known and made the front page of the paper. And you know, it's easy to look back at yesterday, but I told him a story of one of the guys in my church who the year before last fell off his roof. I was there. Fell, hit a branch on the way down, then hit his head on the ground. Broke his shoulder blade, broke his collarbone and eight ribs. Gashed the back of his head and he lay there like he was dead. His wife to this day says he died. I don't remember getting off the roof. I just remember going, oh, might have to raise the dead. 
got down there and began, I started praying in tongues. Thank God, if you don't speak in tongues, go see one of the pastors and go, I, I need that. Let me, because I had no idea what to say. But I tell you, I got in and started praying in tongues. And about a minute or so, two minutes later, I don't remember exactly how long, and a sound came out of him. I've never heard a human make before. The ambulance turned up. Two days later, they sent him home. They would have sent him home the next day, except the oxygen level of his blood wasn't high enough. So we prayed again, and he rose overnight, and they sent him home. Miracles aren't something God did back in the early days of COC. Praise God till we get older. People said to me, Toowoomba, oh, those little days ago, that's rubbish. I did. I said, that's rubbish. Those was the good old days. These aren't the good old days. Amen. So come on. If you need a miracle in your body, you might say, I've been praying for 55 times. Well, then 56 won't get you. Amen. Come on. 56 might be it. I want you just to stand to your feet or wherever you are. Don't say, well, unless if, if I'm dying, do I need a miracle? No, I don't care if you're flat out from flu. Anything you need, just stand up. Say, I need a miracle. Come on, look at all these people. Look at all these people. Now, this is what I'm going to ask is if you've got faith, that person next to you, they are your assignment right now. Go to them. Put your hand on their shoulder. Let's, I'm going to give you one minute. Just pray right here. Right there. You should be praying for my wife. Jesus' name. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the power of God. We thank you for the name of Jesus above every other name. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life. We declare that today in Jesus' name. We speak that. We speak the name of Jesus over everything, over every darkness in Jesus' name. Let miracles, miracles, let miracles, oh God, let there be miracles in this place in Jesus' name. Oh, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, oh, shine through the shadows. Come on, sing it again. Your name is healing. Your name is power. Oh, yeah. Father, we give you the praise and the glory. Abraham went out. God, we determined to go out. We determined to say yes. Just while you're standing there, just while you're standing there, how many of you today, how many of you here today say, Jeff, thank you for that preaching, but God spoke to me. I felt that he was prompting me, moving me, but I haven't gone out yet. Today, Jeff, I want to tell the Lord, I'm going to be another Abram who went out obeying. I'm going to go, I'm going to step out. I don't know what yours looks like. I know what mine looks like because I'm not preaching this message to you. I preach it to me. I know what it looks like. God, I'm going to go out. Oh, God, it looks ridiculous. 
it looks impossible. But I'll go because you just gave me 70 words. If that's you, lift your hand to God. If that's you, you say, I know. Thank you. Thank you. Just if that's you, you say, I know. I Thank you. I see it all over the place. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Come on. If you know God's speaking to you, thank you. 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 You should say yes to God, not to a church. Say yes to God in Jesus' name. One more thing. Everyone look this way. You know when God spoke to Abram? Do you know what he thought was the greatest thing that could happen for him? Was to have a son. 25 years later, when he gets ready to offer up his son, it's because he realizes a relationship with God is more important than any other miracle, than anything you will ever get. He realized that's, that's if you want to understand that passage, Abram's not being some cultish weirdo. He's saying, God, you know what? You matter more to me than anything. You know, you gave me that son. You could give me another one out of ashes if you choose. Why? Because he, did, he built a relationship with God. Can I say to you, that, come on. The best thing ever happened to me when I walked into Christian Outreach Center was a 19-year-old young man, hair flowing halfway down my back, wearing a pair of thongs the dog had bitten the back off. And, and, and the pastor said, we're looking for someone who'll work for free, helping look after new Christians. And I went and met him at the door, shook him by the hand, and I said, I'm your man. And God smote him blind. And he said yes to me. And do you know where I followed up the new Christians? Out of word of a lie, was Anala. My seed is in Anala. My seed's in Anala. Listen to me. Just give me a bit more light for a second. I've got to see the whites of their eyes. Come on, you here this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You say to me, Jeff, I don't know Jesus. Jeff, I used to walk with Jesus, but I've let offenses and disappointments and busyness get in the road. I've lost my way. You say today, Jeff, I want to come back as we sang, I'm coming home. But I'm not coming home tentatively, I'm running home. If that's you, while every head is bowed, every eye is closed, I'm going to pray for you right where you are. I want you just to lift your hand up so I can see it. Raise it up wherever you are. You say, Jeff, I don't know Jesus like that. Thank you over there. God bless you. I see you. Yep. Yeah, I see you. Who else? Just wherever you are. Who else? Come on. There's more than one. Who else? Wherever you are, you know that you're missing. Thank you back there. I can see you as well. Come on. You know you're missing out. Come on. You know. Come on. Come on. I, I know there's an older man here, and you are looking back at your life and saying, I wonder what could have been but it's too late now. And God wants to say to you, it's only too late if you won't start now. Start again. Start again. Whoever you are, I'm just going to ask one more time. If that's you, would you lift your hand? You say, Jeff, I'm not walking with God, but I want to. I'm going to start again. I'm going to get walking with God. Then let me pray for you. Wherever you are, you raised your hand. Say this prayer after me. Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for me. I want to know you. Help me, Lord. Forgive me. Save me.
Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Father, we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name. I know this message will keep speaking to you as you continue your day. So for more information about City Point West, jump on citypointchurch.com or follow our social media accounts, Instagram, City Point West, or our Facebook, City Point Church West. Have a great day.